0: Yeah, uh, to all the ladies in the house. Ow, uh, another day in the ghetto. But look outside and I'm already upset, Joe. It looked about hundred and two. It's a Saturday and biggie ain't got nothing to do. Uh I'm interrupted by phone ring. Sometimes I wisp.
1: Hi, I'm Paul Warren. And I'm Ryan Klein. And this is another episode of SEO is dead and other lies. Ryan, it's a great day. I'm sure, you're doing well. We've already talked about it. I'm doing great. We have a lot of really great stuff to cover today. So let's cut through the pleasantries and get on to the goods.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, no BS. And uh, I know that you're in SEO mode right now, and you can't wait to talk about it more for the next 30, 45 minutes, right? Especially on a Saturday.
1: Turbo, on a Saturday. Turbo SEO mode for sure.
0: So, so let's so. Uh, preface. Uh, This is a part of the series. It's uh, technically it's a a four part series with the first part being a preface for the three part series that was preceding it. It's the SEO 101 series. It's for the understanding and practice of search engine optimization. As we know it here, February 15th, 2020. The center for the understanding and practice
1: of SEO and understanding this.
0: How are the kids supposed to get into the school? (laughs) How are they supposed <laughs> to fit in the school? This is,
1: a, is this, an SEO building for ants. Oh, God, I love that movie so much. Uh, I got to
0: watch it. Again. All right, so what are we talking about today, Ron? Uh, we're talking about content. Uh, as, as we know, the, the three main pillars that we're going to be talking about are content, link building, and on site optimization. Today is content day because we want to build the foundation. That's why we're starting there. Today, it's SEO content 101. Let's begin. <laughs> so, all the right. content series. This is now that it's broken down into four things that we're going to talk about today and you can correct me if I leave out anything, but content, before we talk about keyword research and what's right about, content can be created by you. It can be contented by someone else. It can be <laughs> uh, something uh, else. It can be created by <laughs> something else is a perfect way to say it, aka spinners that have become quite sophisticated over the years. Or AI, we'll call Word, it a- Word AI used to use it. I don't personally use it anymore, but... We did for quite some time. And okay. then the, the fourth one uh, is just grabbing old content. Uh, and we'll talk about each and every one of them. So by the end of this, you know how to approach content or you can try each of them and see how it goes. Let's start at the very beginning. So let's start with what in the world you're gonna write about. And you wanna reference our hot sauce and technically chili website because I got the chili dude. Oh yeah, com. I forgot we are doing that. <laughs> and also I wanna say too, if you uh, missed some of the uh, video series, I have already uploaded some videos on our YouTube channel that are going over a lot of the basics prior to even where we're at right now. So we're talking about how to find a good domain, how to register it and all the things that Paul said that we were not going to discuss. And I said, well, I'm going to at least do videos so people can see it.
1: You know, there's just no stopping you Just
0: do whatever you want. <laughs> like I have all the time in the world to do it, but I did it. Anyway. Way,
1: way to take the initiative. Um, I mean, you got it, okay. So let's just dive in. Uh, you let's say you want to have, a website about something and I get this question all the time oh, I want to start a website right well one let's say you've picked something that you're at least interested in which we all suggest that you do because if you're gonna write the content yourself it doesn't even really matter if you're gonna come up with the content you want to have some general idea of what you're talking about or some interest in it so it's not terribly terribly boring for you but let's say you already picked that and for us we're gonna pick hot sauce as our example here I need to get kind of inside the head of like a searcher right Like, what are the things people are looking up about hot sauce that I could write a page about and add content that they might visit or purchase something from? Like, how do I kind of make a funnel with that? And so there's a lot of tools that you can use to figure out what people are searching. Uh, There's a lot of tools that'll suggest things to you. I like to use SEMrush. It's a pretty cheap tool. Um, I think there's a free trial period anyways, if you want to just kind of get your feet wet and like get a bunch of content real quickly and then cancel it. You can, you can definitely do that, um, yes. but it's a really, really good place to start. Right. So yeah. you kind of can start with like the overall general keywords that you want, like how to make hot sauce. And then it'll suggest to you and it'll give you the monthly search volume in whatever country that you're in, whatever country you sel- you select actually. Uh, and it'll tell you what, what it's going to be on a monthly basis. And you can kind of use that to judge what you should be writing articles about.
0: Sure, and I think that it's important for people to definitely keep into consideration actually keywords and topics that are going to get traffic while we don't want to stymie any like, creativity or a, a- passion project like we don't want to tell you what you shouldn't write about at the same time, like if you're writing about a bunch of random stuff and you might enjoy it at the, end of the day you probably won't get traffic, so it's just important to you know support it with data maybe to start and once you get rolling and you start to get traffic qualified traffic, maybe you can kind of like branch out but it's important to know like where's the volume gonna come with, come from. That's why that's a research.
1: really good point. Like often you'll you'll see this at larger companies where someone that doesn't know that this is how any of that works, will push like, hey, we need to have an article with blank about this thing, right? Like it's important, but you know if no one's searching any of those terms or they don't really refer to it that way because they use more relaxed jargon and like whatever industry that you're in. Um, you're going to rank really well for whatever the terms are because no one's going to try and rank for that. But if no one's looking it up and clicking through your site, it's like it doesn't really exist and you just wasted a bunch of time on nothing.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it reminds me when I used to do a lot of content. When I was starting up an SEO, I was basically a content writer pretty much half the time. And I would write about very specific things and I would search the keywords I was optimizing for. And I was number one all the time. And because it was so specific, it's like not that hard to to make it happen.
1: Just because something has a low search volume, don't let that discourage you necessarily from writing a topic about it. Uh, There's tons of things that have like very limited search volume. But if you get, you know, when someone's looking for it and they find it and they get the answer they want, they make a purchase from it because there's not a lot of other sources out there for it. Right. So think of it, the way way it's referred to, since this is a a 101 uh, episode here, right? There's long tail and there's short tail keywords, right? Short tails, think of it as just stuff that gets like a crap ton of searches. It doesn't convert super well because people haven't really refined what they're looking for. So long tail is really anything that's kind of over three keywords long that people might type into Google. And so it's very, very specific. So think about like, type in like, I don't know, Audi A8 for sale, right? It's going to give you a bunch of different areas. Uh, It might not narrow it down to like the city that you're in. But if you're like Audi A8 for sale in Winter Park, Florida, well, there's a little more search intent behind that term, right? So even though there's way less people searching it, someone might be like looking, you know, in that area. Or if it's like Audi A8 for sale in Winter Park, Florida, under $3,000, that's like a super purchasing term. You know, don't let that discourage you. But what you want to really do is kind of have a mix of both.
0: But we're going to break down sort of how, how you focus on that. Do you want to so, do some keyword research right now? <laughs> yeah, I, I have a uh, Uber suggest up, which seems to be owned by Neil Patel now, which is your favorite thing that's probably ever happened. So you mentioned, um, SEM rush, which is great and also includes volume suggestions. And then I think what's awesome about SEM rush too, is you can go to existing websites and you can see how they're optimized and how, what kind of keywords they're optimizing for already. And it's going to be able to tell you how they rank and what kind of volume they're gaining and even what percentage of their traffic is projected from those keywords. So SEMrush is freaking awesome for keyword research for both yourself and looking at other websites that you're kind of aspiring to be or you're kind of modeling your, your website after because you're always going to be aware of your competition no matter what you do. So for Ubersuggest and Answer the Public, it is my understanding that they both do a very good job at kind of understanding all the suggestive search that Google is giving out for, for um, specific keywords and then just kind of laying that out in an easier manner to, to analyze.
1: You know, both of them are are freemium. Uber suggests uh, you only have like one or two searches or something within it now before you have to pay. I mean, they're great little tools and all. You know, I, I would suggest if you're actually really serious about it, going to the next level and getting a tool like SEMrush or Ahrefs, which is another great tool. Um, Ahrefs will show you like uh, questions that people ask uh, as well uh, in like the search format what they ask them and what the, vo- like the search volume is around those things. So it's just a good way to like kind of plan your content out. Now, before we dive into like how to actually get content, uh, I want to talk a little bit about how you kind of want to structure your content. You got to think about it as like um, each page that you have written should represent kind of a unique like topic. And then other pages can be like subsections that sort of like break off from that topic that can be very specific about it what you don't, what you don't want to do is like have one page with like everything on there about that. Um, just because one, Google only crawls so many keywords and so much stuff on a page anyways. Uh, but two, think about like your user, like how, like how, how much are you going to invest in like reading like an 8,000 word page, right? It's just like a lot to scroll through to find like what you're looking for. So you kind of got to keep in mind, like people's attention spans are like kind of short, especially when it comes to like looking up information on the internet. And they'll move on to like the next website very, very quickly to find what they're looking for, like right away. Like a, a great way to sort of describe that thing think about it is like, if you've ever been on YouTube and looked up like how to like videos about stuff. And, you know, if, if you look that up, you probably immediately look at like the length of video for each of those <laughs> before you click on it. And if something's like 15 minutes and it's like, you know, not like a 15 minute thing I'm trying to fix, you know, it's only like a couple of minutes or something. I really don't want to click on that. Right. Like I want like the information when I want as quickly as humanly possible. So sort of think about that when you're approaching like writing articles. Um, So not too short that it's useless and Google's not going to get value out of it, but not so long that like a human being is going to like hate looking at the content and trying to like comb through it to find what they're looking for.
0: I'm all about getting straight to the point. Uh, I, I don't even know at what point the evolution of recipes online have gone to where they're at, but they're freaking infuriating where it's like, I just want a recipe for like carbonara sauce. And all of a sudden it's like this anecdote about my, my grandma's from the old country and she used to make, these yeah, so, you have vegetables. to scroll down through like crap, Dude, like so like four, much crap. It's like seven images. It's-, it's four anecdotes. It's talking about the ingredients. It doesn't even talk about the portions. You literally have to go through two thirds of the page before you can get to what you're looking for. I do not think that is the best user experience. I don't care what people say. No, I hate it. I totally agree agree with you.
1: I don't understand it. I think that like that's one of one of the victims of like Google updates where they've written more and more content to try to like appease the algorithm.
0: Yeah, I, I blame mommy blogs and then therefore I blame mommies. I blame you, mommy for making this really tough for us to just get to, you, you the, did it you finally blamed heart. your mother you did it <laughs> my, my mom's a big listener you know and so is yours so i blame the yeah, mamas that's at least 90 percent of our downloads um so i love you mom thanks a lot i want to put that out there <laughs> I, I don't want to get too far off but i like i definitely want to make a point of like the actual topics and kind of just like honing in, in them and then sometimes you're going to be talking about multiple topics on a, on a page because if you if you find like a question that you can answer no matter what in like 150 words it shouldn't really be a page just 150 words so there'll be times where you're in like an, uh, like a long form article or a page about you know three or four topics and you can optimize accordingly and so for example i'm looking at answer public's hot sauce i'm seeing a lot of great questions it has 171 questions and most of these are just like this is amazing content fodder right here it says what hot sauce is gluten-free. right? I never thought about that. What hot sauce is keto? What hot sauce is keto friendly? Which hot sauce is good for you? Yeah. So you can start talking about like, what are the dietary influences or aspects of hot sauce? It wouldn't just be like, is it keto friendly? That's kind of specific, but keto, gluten, sodium, like that's all like one cohesive topic.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, one way to visualize it, it, it's sort of like spokes on like a wheel. So think about it as like, you have one kind of Main subject like a like a short tail keyword that's like kind of encompassing, and then smaller articles sort of branch out from that, right? Um, so you could be talking about all these different hot sauces and stuff, and how keto is like a big thing, and then you can link from that to an article that's specifically about keto, has some recipes and stuff in there, and so just think of it as like kind of branch things that just branch off uh, logically. If there's enough content to write a page that's like 500 words and it's like useful. Then you should probably write a, a page for it.
0: And then one thing also for consideration: this is something I've seen a trend in content that's really taken off. I think in the past few years, like I, I've, I have just like seen this much more than ever. But and even Answer the Public has it is comparisons. So now I'm seeing way more like verses than I've ever seen before, like popping up in like searches and keywords with volume and Search Console like hot sauce versus salsa, hot sauce versus pepper sauce, hot sauce versus buffalo sauce. Like people search comparatively more in the past few years than I've seen before that. And I think that might even come to play with like voice search too, you know, to tie that in. Yeah.
1: And so going to to voice search too, um, pages that are just like questions and answers do really well in voice search. Um, There's a different markup for it. Um, All that means is like a different, like little bit of code that you can put on the back end of your site that tells Google it's a question and that this is the answer for it It tells other things to you. So if you have like an Amazon Alexa and you just ask it a question, it's coming through like the, the internet Um, it's like its own databases that it's crawled to like find that answer. So, you know, that's an entirely different type of content, but where you can have kind of related but unrelated subjects uh, all at the same time, like a related topic, but like subjects that could be unrelated about it within, within that topic. Right.
0: Yeah. We're we're talking about succinct answers to things. We're talking about the attention span of people decreasing less than a goldfish. Now amoeba. I'm talking about amoebas now, not even goldfish. Yeah. So I think about about like guidelines for
1: making hot sauce. There's a lot of guidelines in there. One of the questions could be like, Oh, well what, what should the pH level be for like a longer shelf life for my hot sauce? That's a good question you could have on there. Um, Another one could be like, Oh, well how, how hot should I, should I cook the sauce at what should be the temperature and the length of time? Um, So like, that's all something that could be combined on one page, right? So they're slightly different topics, but they're all about the same subtopic. So think about it, kind of think about it like that. All right. So I think we explain this as much as we can. You kind of have to learn how to do it a little bit on your own and get your own vibe and see what's like working out there and like the rankings already. So once you've kind of gotten what you want to write about, how do you get the content? So let's delve into that, Ryan.
0: Okay, finally, we're at it. So if you, this is a passion project, which we would recommend this would be, we see, we don't love the, the prospect of people typically taking on projects where they know nothing about the industry or the subject, they're just in it for the money. I, I get it, but it's going to make your life a little bit more difficult, especially if this is like your first project. If it's a passion project, something you're knowledgeable about, something that you're genuinely excited about, we recommend the starting point to learn best practices and be able to expound those best practices other people eventually work with is to write the content yourself that is the first way you can do it so how do you do that so it's the most time consuming by far (laughs) how do you do it you write it how is it done that's it in a word doc or directly into wordpress
1: (laughs) that's uh that's pretty much it uh you just write the content yourself in a word doc edit it make sure everything's okay there's a lot of tools you can use to make sure that you're not writing things improperly grammarly is one of them it's pretty cheap i suggest getting it Mm -hmm. if you're going to write your own stuff you know, but it's just kind of doing the work yourself, right. Doing the keyword research, writing an article about it, putting it up. I don't think
0: Ryan and I do much of that anymore. <laughs> I, I, I do on occasion, but it's getting tough. It's getting tougher and tougher just because you just don't have the time to sit down nor the patience to, to just be busting out articles and blogs all the time. So, um, sh- I certainly haven't written a piece of content for a client in like the past eight years, but you know, I still do blogging for my own stuff. You know, here and there. Um, but yeah, it just makes it tougher. Um, and another way you can kind of create content, too, is if you just absolutely hate writing, as, uh, especially for clients when I work with lawyers and their time is so finite and they can't set aside time to write you know, blogs about you know, God knows what. Sometimes I'll suggest maybe even doing videos so we can repurpose that. Um, if you're out and about taking a walk, you, you want to do like a voice memo. Uh, there's plenty of transcription services that can tra- transcribe things that are off the top of your head into text that you can use.
1: And like some people are great, uh, great at speaking about subjects, terrible at writing about it. Right? right. So it's just an easy way to kind of get that information real quickly. Uh, so, yeah, a great place to start. And you can go on something like Fiverr or whatever. Uh, actually, I think it's built in within Google's, not Google Sheets, what's the Google Docs. It will translate uh, the spoken word into written word as you're oh, saying right. it. So that's a right. really free, easy thing that you can
0: use. Yeah, you can do it on Fiverr. We we actually like using Rev. We haven't transcribed something in a bit, but they're pretty spot on. In addition to that, like if you write a very stream of consciousness like me and then you don't want to edit it afterwards, you could p- possibly find someone to edit your work also on Fiverr. And then we'll talk about editing it as well um, when we talk about the next way you can get your content, which would be to essentially outsource it.
1: So if you're outsourcing your content, which if you're doing anything... To a medium sized amount of content, I would suggest doing this. Um, you know, there's a ton of resources. The most used one, I think, is going to be Upwork. Uh, it's a great website. There's just tens of thousands of contractors on there that do all kinds of different services, SEO included, but writing is one of them. And you can kind of set your jobs based on the length of time. It's going to, like, you can pay by the hour, you can pay a set amount, like, for, like, per article if you want. You can get bonuses if they do a really good job. There's different pricing levels depending on like the writer and the experience that they have. Um, but it's all really easy to manage. And what's great about it is it goes into sort of a holding account until everything's approved between you and like the contractor at the end of it. So if they, they've done a really poor job or they stole a bunch of the content and they just gave you something that's completely plagiarized, <laughs> you don't have to give them your money um, if you're not happy with it. Um, and Upwork really tends to side with the people that are posting the jobs over like the actual contractors on there. Yeah. That's so a, it's a good way to like safely do it.
0: Well, Up- Upwork's great because you can actually put like the, fi- the face on the writer too. Um, and a lot of other places where you kind of just buy it, blogs or articles it's just coming from a, a random pool of writers you don't really know them the great thing about Upwork is they're kind of like contractors you know working with you they're not really working for you they can you can work with someone I've had plenty of situations I work with someone for like six months and then they just are like I'm done they just quit and then you'd never hear from them ever again because you know they're, they're contractors and they can do technically whatever they want but yeah, um, in the meantime, you build relationships with them that typically correspond with them on, on Upwork itself or Skype. They tend to like, uh, pick up on your feedback. Um, you can develop them to write more in line with like, your tone and style. Uh, like Paul's saying, there's tens of thousands of them, meaning that even if you, if you like are talking about hot sauce, like, I wonder if someone can write like, really expertly on hot sauce. It's like, yeah, you're going to search by keywords, and then you'll realize that there are people on there that can write about fo- like food. Uh, they're food bloggers. They're uh, talking about like e-commerce. They can People are right about anything on there. And yeah, sometimes absolutely. They're in, yeah, sometimes they're in the States it's, if it's you a, prefer that.
1: It's, yeah, you can set the country that they're in um, as well. Like in, if they're native English speakers, if you need something written in a different language, you can find people on there. That'll do that for you just fine. Um, it's an invaluable resource. It used to be called Odesk back in the day and then it, it merged with another company and it became... What it is today. Yeah,
0: it was and was there one other?
1: Yeah, it was something else but uh but check it out Upwork. Uh I can't recommend it enough. I'm not getting any money from Upwork for saying this. I just generally use it and I love it. Um, Lose, so check it out. Losing money. Yeah, yeah. Losing uh, money up. on it.
0: <laughs> up Upwork really is uh, great. You know, you can get writers like like you're saying also probably maybe per article or hourly. It all depends. So yeah, definitely check that out. Yeah. There's different ways of paying for content. It's going to be uh per hour per article, and then per word. So Upwork, being that it's for pretty much any freelancer you can imagine, we've used it for developers and VAs and SEOs and content writers, so it's always going to be hourly or project basis. So there are more places that are specifically for writers, one of which that I don't personally use as much anymore because the quality isn't there for me anymore. But I did use Textbroker for a long, long time, and that's per word.
1: Um, there's also a bunch of like one-off SEO service websites like legit or conquer that you can go to, um, and have things written very cheaply. I don't know how much of it's written by a human, but you can have stuff done uh, on there. If if you kind of want some unique stuff done, you know, there's going to be varying price points for me for a 500 word article. Um, if it's not something that's highly technical, I usually shoot for a budget of like $30 for an article. Um, that's like the level of writer that I want. So they're going to be like a natural English speaker, um, probably have like a college education, and it usually takes around one to two days to like turn out an article or something like that.
0: Yeah, I, I can definitely speak on like the, the prices being for different quality levels. So um, if you go on like text broker and you want something that's probably going to need some editing and it's going to really hit the topic on point like you expect, you're probably going to spend about 10 or $15 uh, once you start really getting where you don't have to make edits or give too much feedback, $30 sounds pretty reasonable. And then one last place I know a mm-hmm. lot of agencies use to talk about sometimes pretty complex things, but you're talking about writers that are thoroughly vetted, thoroughly tested, pretty outstanding articles um, is Verblio. Um, but you're looking at closer to $60 to $100 per article.
1: And think about this too, the, the more technical a uh, subject matter. So if you're talking about like something financial trading you know that that's someone kind of needs actual experience to talk about it like educatedly is that a word educatedly I don't think so sure talk about it well um you are gonna have to pay a lot more for it so you know you're it's it's definitely you pay what you get for it like you can get a five dollar article but it's it's gonna be trash
0: and it might even be plagiarized which we'll be talking about at some point <laughs> yeah well let's just dive right into that right now so let's okay. say
1: you've uh, gotten you know a bunch of articles back from a writer, and they all look great, right but what you want to do is you want to go one step further and you want to check that
0: to see if they 've stolen it.
1: I believe that
0: the standard at least in my circles is copyscape Copyscape is a
1: great tool it's i think it's
0: free for the most part right i i pay I pay for it i I do such huge chunks of content at a time yeah that it we're doing, we're doing bulk and we're not typically doing bulk for content from freelancers and in, in-house at all. We're doing it for other content that we're also going to kind of mention in a little bit. Uh, one, one cool thing that Copyscape does too, is that we use it. There's a way for it to pull in an entire sitemap for a website and it'll pull all the links from the sitemap map all at once. And it can basically, basically do a plagiarism check for an entire website pretty easily.
1: You might be asking yourself, well, why would I even care about any of this at all? Well, one, you can get sued if you steal other people's content, more so for images than anything else I've seen. Um, But it's still something you want to be cognizant of, stealing other people's content. Like they tend to not be very, very happy about that. Uh, And number two, it usually won't rank well at all. And you can get Google penalties from that.
0: And so if you think you want to build your whole website by just copying other people's pages, but then giving them attribution like source and link into them, like sure, I guess technically that's fine, but those pages will never rank for crap because it's you're not the original yeah, you're author. Not,
1: you're not going to do well. It's just organically, organically for it, them. It's not going to rank for anything.
0: Google knows better than that. They they know that like yeah, sometimes content is like lifted and put here and there, but they're just not gonna award like anything to that page whatsoever from an authority standpoint. Let's
1: talk about another way of doing this, and this is uh kind of important if maybe you have a giant website with thousands of pages. And they're like pages, directory pages, right? You don't want to pay a writer (laughs) to do it, you know? So there's a lot of ways to automate that process and to do it through AI tools and like content spinning. So there's a ton of tools out there. I don't know if I'm comfortable even just suggesting one just because there's like so many. Ryan, what were some of the ones that you used in the past?
0: Really? I used about three in the past that were pretty terrible until I got to Word AI. Um, I don't spin anymore. I did in the past. <laughs> uh, it's been a while, but word AI was pretty good. Word and AI then... is,
1: I, I feel like it's almost the standard, all of these tools, and uh, they work with varying degrees of, of quality. Uh, what they do is you put in keywords that you want, and then it searches through the internet, uh, for different websites and it pulls in content that they have about it. And then it arranges it in such a way that it, it reads like it, like a normal article was like written you know, there's a, there's a ton of them. And then it'll spin that information. Uh, it'll it'll spin like the words in it so that it comes out unique. A lot of times when you spend stuff, if you don't spend time setting up like spin tags, which basically say like, anytime this keyword appears, use this keyword or this keyword or this keyword instead to give different variations. If you don't set it up right, it'll read like a machine wrote it, which doesn't read very well at all. But if you do it right uh, and you take the time to set it up correctly, there's not a big difference between that content and something that a human being would write.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think there's ever a substitute for a person uh, because the spinner is a lot of like rearranging the sentence in a different way. Instead of like, you know, my dad went to the store. Uh, it will be like the store is where my dad's going. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, like, kinda how it'll it be structured. It. Like
1: it'll make sense, but it wouldn't be necessarily like how a human would structure that sentence that speaks that language. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? It's really. almost like if you were taking a test, and it for like a foreign language, and like they were testing you on like the grammar and sentence structure and stuff, and you have like got enough to make a C, it would be like that
0: yeah, so it it does a good job like swapping out adjectives a lot because adjectives are are oftentimes interchangeable. the verbs it 'll do a little less often because that can get a little weird if you do a wrong verb, so you remember one time it was killed and then it was murdered, <laughs> which is not a, <laughs> that's not an appropriate. Uh, switching out of a verb because killed can be by anything and murdered. Or I think it's specifically a human being killing another human being, which is kind of like implying something very specific. So verbs, not as much. And then I think it, it tries to avoid nouns as much as possible. So one of, the, uh, one of the
1: tools that I've used in the past for this is called Content Machine uh, with a K for the content at the beginning. Uh, it's a pretty cheap way. I mean, you got to understand you can create a lot of content in a really, really short amount of time. I'm talking about like a minute. You can create like a 500 or 600 word article with the keywords that you want in it and like less than a minute. And then you can take that article and you can put in the spin tags that you want and you can create, you know, 20 other articles off of that topic um, very, very quickly. So, you know, for like the price of maybe like $40 a month, you can make, almost unlimited content that's gonna be unique. It's not always gonna read well, but you know, you'll be able to you'll be able to have it. And depending on what type of website it's going on, not necessarily like your main website, but like if you have other websites to use for link building, stuff like that, it's a really cost efficient and a very, very fast way to do things at scale.
0: I think it's important to preface like <clears throat> this is not your marquee content. This is not like your homepage. <laughs> this is not like your main yeah, if, pages. If I was <laughs> I would still I would I would bite the bullet here and pay the extra to
1: have a human being write it for like my own main website. There's a lot of other things that like it's not that important, right? You know, people always think of like SEO spam as being like really awful and terrible and like you don't want humans to read it, but the vast majority of the time like no humans ever going to read a lot of that content. If you're doing it this way, you just want it to be legible and make sense, but at the end of the day, Google doesn't know if a computer, like a, if AI wrote it or not, <laughs> for the most part. No, I mean, um, it, all it uh, sees is like it doesn't understand context. It just understands keywords and like you know certain things that go into its formula. Like what's the word count for it? How many links are in it? How many keywords are in it? You know things like that. It doesn't really, you know, it's not a human. It, it doesn't know things yet. The AI isn't there
0: yet. I mean, websites still get the manual reviews. I don't know how much anymore um, it happens here and there. Pretty, it's pretty rare. I feel like. I mean, there's just a, a gazillion websites. Huh? It's just not that easy for their QA team to like be checking everything manually. Um, but yeah, as far as like sp- yeah, spun content, you're talking about yeah, link building, absolutely. Um, if you're doing like e-commerce, maybe like in some situations, I think that maybe some spun content is good for like a little bit ex- extra. Bulking up like a few pages here and there that open up with actual content. Um, but these aren't things, mm-hmm. these aren't articles I would suggest doing front and center. Like, oh, I want people to read these necessarily. Yeah.
1: And what's interesting about Content Machine, um, it's not the best one by any means, the best one that I've ever, I've ever seen. It's, it's more costly, but it is SEO Content Machine with a C. But the one I was talking about Content Machine with a K, uh, the front page of it is actually endorsed by a former SEOs and otherwise guests that we had on. Uh, do you know who it is, Ryan?
0: Um, Atkinson. No, oh, he then probably I has used it before. Uh, Matthew, we're... that's yeah. right. The, one, <laughs> he's, the other he's I top 25%, of the page, twenty five percent chance right here.
1: He is top of the page uh, for per, like for uh, referrals on there. Content Machine is one of the best content generators on the market. It is a huge time and money saver, helping to make setting up link campaigns a quick and easy
0: painless process. But yeah, he says specifically link campaigns. So he kn- he knows where that content's going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we should preface this as that depending on how you're using the content, <laughs> uh, use things that are like automated and tools like that for things that aren't going on a website that you want human beings to actually read. <laughs> Might be the best way of putting it.
0: I would, I would say like there's one thing that you could do is if you want to like kind of create like placeholders. so like you create a lot of these pages it's kind of like partially spun content it's not the best content and then you start to get traffic to them but the traffic doesn't convert you're like okay now i have to rewrite it like i could see that being you know something
1: let's mention one other way to find content that ryan and i have done in the past and that is through the Wayback machine (laughs) and it's a very easy and simple process i'm showing
0: everyone in our video series so this is perfect
1: all right, so since you're doing a video on it, Ryan, why don't, you, um, why don't you walk everyone through the process?
0: If you aren't familiar with the Wayback Machine, the Wayback Machine is basically a website dedicated to having indexed as many websites uh, as possible on the internet at different stages in their lifetime. So basically, you can go on Wayback, put in a URL, and it's gonna have basically timestamps of that website periodically since its existence you know, a natural, I don't really know its background. I don't know if it's a not for profit or what the, what the angle is. It's just, it's like Wikipedia, you know, but basically you're able to go there and you're able to pull up websites that existed five, 10, 15 years ago, may not exist to this day. And basically navigate through that website as it existed, maybe in like 2001, 2007, and just go through it and see what it was like when it was built um, in crappy HTML at the time. But there's just content that still sits on there they wrote articles and pages and blogs back in the day and they're not really being used and you can repurpose them and you can revitalize it for your own use. Yeah. And it's, it's not actually live on a website anymore this way at all. So there's no penalties from that. And it's, um, it's certainly plenty of content that people spent a lot of time creating back in the day. And the copyright Mm -hmm. says 2003 and it's been expired since for 17 years and uh, (laughs) <laughs> you basically yeah. g- grab it and then you put it through Copyscape and to see if someone you know, didn't beat you to the same idea. And then if it's good, then, then it's good. Yeah. So it, it's honestly the easiest way <laughs> to
1: find content because it's already written and you don't have to write it yourself. And it's very easy to find. Um, you just have to find the websites that don't exist anymore um, that have that content on there. So that's a whole other episode that we can get into on how to do that. So stay tuned because we'll actually probably walk through that at some point.
0: You, you mentioned too, so I've, I've used to like, when I started grabbing this content, I manually did it. I had on one screen, I had the Wayback website and on another screen, I had a Microsoft doc. Uh, once I got sick of doing it myself, um, I outsourced it to my friends overseas and then they've been compiling hundreds and hundreds of articles. But Paul, you're also aware of a way that we can approach it where you don't need a human being to do it at all. You can just scrape it when you give it the appropriate URLs, right?
1: Um that's correct actually there there's tools that you can use right now that'll that'll scrape it based on keywords and it looks to see if the URLs still existing and stuff too. The tool one of the tools I use for that actually is uh SEO content machine. That's actually built into it so you can do that really easily.
0: Yeah, this is pretty comprehensive um overview of how to get content varying from you know perfect to free. <laughs> you know, now it's going to complain about free content, but yeah, this should definitely sets you up to you know, have hundreds, if not thousands of blogs and articles and pages for your website in a relatively painless amount of time and costs that you may incur for this kind of project.
1: Yeah, I think we've covered pretty much everything we wanted to do on this episode. Um, but I'm excited for the next episode because I think we're going to be talking about link building. We're going to be talking about
0: basic link building, though. Not
1: basic link. Sh- not the crazy, well, not the outreach be upper. a little. I'm not going to give the advanced the super advanced, like I'll let you know about it. I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but you know, we'll, we'll give you some knowledge at least that this is a thing that exists out there for link building anyways, but we'll, we'll give you the Google way of doing it, which actually, I guess the Google
0: way of doing it is to not make any links ever. <laughs> now that I think about oh, it oh no, it has to be all natural. It's the, it's the Yelp way. Google's inspired by Yelp. Yelp is don't ever solicit for review. You should be able to get um, them all on your own, which would probably all amount to being just a bunch of negative reviews. So just let it happen. Same with Google, you know? Just a bunch yeah, of definitely.
1: You know, I hope uh, I hope our listeners got something useful out of this. Um, we haven't really done like an SEO 101 podcast in a while, but you know, things always change, um, and SEO sometimes by the day. So, but this should uh, at least set you up for success if you're starting here in 2020 doing SEO for the first time.
0: Yeah, hopefully, it's a good refresher for our our loyal listeners that have been listening since May of 2018. Yeah, we're gonna be uh, before we know it'll be two years. <laughs> Hopefully we have a, oh my
1: gosh, a lot coming to show up on for it.
0: it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we also
1: want to thank all of our listeners out there. We really appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. Um, if you have any questions at all, you know, we love answering questions from listeners. Um, you can hit us up at SEO's dead and other lies at gmail.com. We respond to that pretty quickly. I check that multiple times a day. Um, you can also leave a comment on our YouTube channel, which is also SEO's dead and other lies. Uh, doc, or at youtube whatever it is <laughs> just go to youtube and type that in you'll find yeah. it <laughs> yeah
0: yeah um,
1: they- and then uh, fa- we also have like a pretty active facebook uh so if you leave us a message on there i'll get back to you pretty quickly as well um but we love hearing from you guys um if you're interested in being on you have a unique story you want to talk about or something in the seo industry you think you could share uh with other listeners out there you know we're happy to talk to you about that as well and be sure to like share and subscribe anywhere that you see seo is dead and otherwise. And otherwise you know what? If you're writing an article about the top ten, <laughs> top ten SEO well, podcast, you're at it. Damn it, you put us in there,
0: <laughs> and and then uh, leave a review. We could use a couple more. We'd appreciate it while we're at it, while we're doing things for us, when we're doing all this work for you guys. Hook it up, right? Yeah, we got a positive one just the other day, and I appreciated that. It was, yeah, it was well, Paul, nice. you, yeah, that was like the first thing you texted me day. You said, "Dude, we got a review. It was really good. Dude, we got a positive review on, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts." But you
1: know, we really appreciate our listeners and, um, you know, we, we don't want to ever really have sponsorships or anything like that. We want to keep this content like free, um, and useful just because we're not working for the man. Um,
0: no, never have never will. That,
1: yeah. That's really our goal. Um, it's just to provide good stuff for like the community out there for you guys to use and help your rankings.
0: So we appreciate all you guys. Yeah. And then absolutely. I mean, that can be exemplified more than the visual component that's being put together in YouTube to support all this content as well that we're doing in the podcast. Yeah. So, actually, well, I think so we might that. go
1: to a video. I think we might go to a video podcast format in the
0: future. Cause the, cause you like Rogan a lot and he's cool dude. Yeah. I'm just trying to be Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm just all. trying to be one of the first podcasts of all time. All right. Well,
1: thank you guys so much for listening and be sure to tune in for the next episode gonna we're going to be covering SEO link building 101 nice. and giving you a lot of useful tips. Yep. Looking forward to right. it. Well, thank you so much. I'm Paul Warren. I'm Ryan Klein. And this has been another episode of SEO is dead and other lies.
0: Why? Bye. <laughs> Bye.